Crow marketing culture and sketchy MLMs have given modern business a bad reputation. It feels harder than ever to succeed as an entrepreneur, even though we've got an abundance of info and tech right at our fingertips. If you feel frustrated running your business, stress over your sales goals, or are baffled by marketing strategies, you've come to the right place. You deserve to run a successful, sustainable business without spamming all of your friends or wasting time and money on marketing gimmicks. This is the Sell It Sister podcast, and you're going to learn how to make more money without complex systems or sleazy sales tactics. I'm Erica Tebbins, and I teach highly motivated, female, and gender expansive entrepreneurs that selling doesn't have to suck. I've been running successful businesses and teaching others how to sell smarter, earn more, and create raving fans for over 15 years. And I'm excited to share what I've learned with you. If you want success without truly serving your clients, profits without any passion, or the next get rich quick scheme, I'm not your gal. But if you're all in as an entrepreneur, want to make a difference with your work, and are ready to run a business you're proud of, then get ready to sell it, sister. Before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to be sure that you knew doors are now open for my group coaching program, Rebellious Success. So if you've been in business for a minute and you feel like it's time your bank account reflected your efforts instead of leaving you frustrated and anxious, then this is for you. I promise you there is a better way to build the business of your dreams and it does not require doing more. Instead, it's a shocking amount less. I know how completely disheartening it is to finally have somewhat consistent revenue months and yet it's still not enough. And it's certainly not for lack of trying or putting in the work. I know that you just want to feel like you can finally exhale, like you've arrived. You want a proven growth plan that you can trust so you can close your laptop with confidence each day, knowing you did enough of the right things to move the needle forward and didn't waste a whole bunch of time on those shiny objects that maybe seem like a good idea, but are not going to get you the results you actually want. And they're just going to keep you stuck in frustration and overwhelm. And you want the knowledge and skills to keep growing your business without constantly worrying you're missing some crucial piece or that the other shoe is going to drop any second. Simply put, you want more, more money, more time, more impact, more simplicity, and more ease. And that is what we do in Rebellious Success. It's a six-month group coaching program for ethical entrepreneurs ready to smash through income ceilings with simplicity and support and without toxic cookie-cutter BS. The first cohort of this program is already halfway through, and let me just say these women are getting some incredible, amazing, really fun, inspiring results. Everything from confidently raising their rates and still being able to make new sales to setting up new streamlined, sustainable workflows that will allow them to keep growing without overwhelm or burnout. Also, one just set up some really cool automated systems to be able to give her clients a better experience while also being able to reclaim more time for herself. One feels like she's finally conquered content creation so she can spend 
uh, less time wondering what and where to post so that she can keep showcasing her strengths to new potential clients and uh, nurturing the people already in her audience while also having more time to work on and in her business in the other ways that she wants to. And lastly, they are creating and selling new perfectly aligned offers with ease and even being booked out months in advance. How cool is that, right? So if you're ready for a radical approach to building a thriving business as unique as you, alongside an intimate group of your peers, then be sure to go to rebellious-success.com to learn more and apply today. Can't wait to have you. On this episode of Sell It Sister, I am chatting with Presh Rogers, who is a Pinterest marketing expert and ad specialist, or Pinterest badass for short, and she helps established and badass online coaches, service providers, and digital content creators jumpstart or enhance their Pinterest strategies to get more eyes on their content, grow their email list with action takers, and overall skyrocket their visibility with and without ads through VIB experiences, which you'll hear her mention later on in the episode. When she's not giving out high energy, good laughs, or sunshine vibes, you can find her sipping her favorite drink of the day, dancing around for fun, or watching her latest Netflix binge. I am really, really, really thrilled to be chatting with Presh because I feel like, as we mentioned, as we talk about, Pinterest is so underutilized because there's, I think there's just a lot of um, confusion around it. And a lot of people just don't really know how or why they could be using it at all. Uh, she has, there's some places that you can find her when you're, um, when you're done listening. Um, and she has a free, uh, guide called Pinterest for badasses 101. It's her guidebook and you can find it at preshrogers.com forward slash Erica. And all of that will be in the show notes as well. Um, and as she mentions at the end, find her on Instagram at Presh Rogers. And of course, on her Pinterest at Presh Rogers too, if you're already on there. And I will just say, because you know, I'm all about simplicity and not just heaping more work on for the sake of more work. If you already feel like you are really overwhelmed and you're like, I can't even think about learning anything new right now, then I would just say, give this a listen or bookmark it for later for when you feel like you want to, you know, come back to it, start considering it, anything like that. I would say even just give it a listen now. So at least you can kind of have it in the back of your mind as a a possible like option or opportunity for you. Because I certainly don't want you feeling like, oh my gosh, I need to be on all the social media platforms and doing all the things. And now I have to learn another one. And like, why does this have to be so hard? Because it honestly doesn't. But I will say, if you've already been creating a lot of content, especially, then learning about Pinterest can be a great way to see how you can actually get more mileage and more traction out of all of that really good content. And have it live on a, you know, what is kind of technically like a social media platform, but not one like Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn, where you kind of have to be showing up a lot more regularly because Pinterest is a bit more um, passive in its approach. So I think it's really cool as a way to just, again, 
get that longevity out of the content you've already created, get yourself in front of uh, new eyes, new ideal clients, um, and really utilize it as an additional tool in your marketing tool belt. But again, if you're like, I just, I can't right now, that is all good too. This episode will be here for you when you are ready. And without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Presh. Thank you so much for joining me on the Sellout Sister podcast. I'm really excited to have you. Hey, thank you for ha- having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So you are a Pinterest expert, a total Pinterest badass, and I cannot wait to have you explain like the what, why, and the how, why we all need to be there for our businesses. And I just feel like it's one of those platforms that is really, um, underutilized because people don't really understand how, or like why they should be utilizing it for their business. Yeah, that, that is so true. It's very, very underrated. Um, this is why I love talking about it so much because I think people don't understand how powerful it is. So that's like one of the best things to really have people understand and see what Pinterest can do for their business. Yeah. And I know that a lot of times, like what I hear from friends and clients is that they feel really exhausted when it comes to keeping up with social media. And sometimes people feel like, oh, Pinterest is just another social media platform, but I know it's really not right. It's more of like a search engine and it doesn't require you to be showing up every day for it. Like an Instagram, let's say, right. Yeah, that's very true. What I like to explain is that because it's a search engine, a lot of stuff that you're going to put on Pinterest um, is going to be repurposed content. It doesn't, you don't have to create content for Pinterest. Um, It's good to create content when you create create content in general that you make sure it's Pinterest worthy. But a lot of times, most of my content is content that I've made on Instagram or put on YouTube and I'm repurposing it onto Pinterest because it's a search engine and you're driving traffic to those pieces of content that you already created. So that's what makes it different than that normal social media platform. It does have social aspects and they are moving towards certain things being able to keep people on the platform like video content, but a lot of the video content is still repurposed content. Like even today, I just put um, a Reels that I made on Instagram onto my Pinterest um, story pins and it's it's real purpose content. I already created it for Instagram. That is so cool. Okay. So I would love, I jotted down the phrase like pin worthy. Cause I think that that's good to talk about, but I would love to hear more about it because I know like I technically have Pinterest and at one point in my business, I had someone go in and like kind of really get it set up and have everything, you know, in my branding and get my boards and, and all of that. And at the time I, I had already started podcasting. So I believe like some of my podcast episodes and stuff got linked up there, but it was a lot of like my previous blog posts, which I don't really write blogs a lot anymore. And I also am not often on the platform myself. So like, I know that when I do pop on to look at a recipe or look at something like that, I have noticed that there is like video content now, like you just mentioned, but I feel like it's sort of like the sky is the limit now. Like in my mind, I'm always just like, oh, it's just if you are a prolific blogger, but that's not the case. So can you explain like all of the types of content that you can repurpose over there? 
Yeah, that's a really good thing to think about um, because it is so much content. How I like to think of it is you don't really create content for Google. It's a search engine. You don't create content for Google. Your content just happens to appear on Google if it's optimized. The mm -hmm. difference with Pinterest is that you have to actually add the content to Pinterest to make sure that it can be found as a search engine. The same thing goes for um, YouTube. A lot of people forget YouTube is also a search engine. You put videos to be found by other people with problems. So what you can do is when you're thinking through the type of content, there's it's kind of limitless in a way, um, but it's really thinking about where people are on their Pinterest journey. A lot of people go to Pinterest in my, maybe the beginning stages, um, not too far into their journey. So you have to think, okay, if I create a video, what type of video, just like when you create it for a lot of different things, is this video going to make sense for people on their journey and on Pinterest? You know, like mm. I create content for how to get started on Pinterest because that's usually where they are getting started. You know, Pinterest strategy, Pinterest tips. They're not maybe, you know, 20 million followers on Pinterest and they're like looking on Pinterest for things already. They know what to do. So you have to think about what type of content can you create? But the, as far as the type of content that you can put on Pinterest, um, I put videos and not long videos. So like I wouldn't put a full IGTV or YouTube video, but mm -hmm. I might put like a teaser of that video um, and then link it to the actual video. And what I do is I embed those videos onto my actual website because Pinterest prioritizes you sending content to your actually claim website. So I will put those on my, my website. It's like a blog post, but it's really just the video. And then I will make a little snippet or pins about that content and then drive traffic that way. So videos, um, what else? Blog content, if you have it, blog content doesn't have to be written anymore. It can be vlogs. Um, and what I do is always, if you do create videos, you can't have them transcribed into written content to go under the video because people usually on Pinterest, they still are in the mindset of going to a blog post. So mm -hmm. maybe you're in a rush. You don't want to, you don't have time to watch the video, but you want to skim like the written content. You can do that. Um, you can link to your landing pages for like your free offers, um, your low ticket offers, the low ticket products. I don't suggest high ticket products um, only because I think like a pinner, if I go and find something, if it's over $100, maybe even over 50, I'm not quick to be like, here you go, especially for a digital product because I don't know you and Pinterest traffic is cold traffic. So that's what I mean when thinking about Pinterest worthy traffic, think about does it make sense for the platform for someone that's finding your content that is cold to you. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's super helpful. So if it's, let's say it's an Instagram post or like you said, a reel, then does that just link directly to your Instagram? Like it will, when they click through, it takes them to your Instagram profile to that actual like reel or post. Yeah. So it depends on how you link it on Pinterest. So depending on when this comes out and depending on Pinterest, um, <laughs> I just got story pins, but story pins have been around for maybe I think a little over a year now, but it's still rolling out to everyone. And I literally just got them like this week. <laughs> so oh, wow. um, I've been using story pins, but story pins are not like Instagram stories as in they're not live. They're basically, you can put videos, you can put um, like little recipes, like every, like different steps to the recipes all in like one story. 
And those do not link anywhere. They're for to keep people on the platform. Mm -hmm. So they don't link anywhere. Um, And then if you use video pins, those you can actually put a link. So it depends on you. If you want to host it on your website, you can. If you want to like maybe like host, let's say a reel that links to a blog post that is more detailed about the content, you can do that. Or you can link it back to Instagram itself. That's fine too. But like I mentioned, um, Pinterest usually is going to prioritize um, your 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 actual website content. But you can do both because when I link to an IGTV video, I link to IGTV, YouTube, and to my website. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. So how? So like, I mean, obviously there's there's like a lot to it, and it's not you know, it's too hard to explain in like a podcast format, but essentially for getting your content up and out there, I know there's like, are they called community boards or whatever? Like kind of explain that process of like how to maximize your time of getting your content onto the platform so that other people can see it. Yeah. So they do have group boards, um, group boards. You have to find the right ones with the right type of people. So I don't use group boards that much. Um, but I do know like there's some group boards where they're very like niche specific. Um, uh, and those can be very, if, if you're in the, the group board with people, you know, maybe it can be very beneficial. Um, but the larger group boards are not as great as they used to be. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of steer away from them. Um, I would rather like form it with like maybe a group of like if there's like a Facebook marketer or Instagram marketer where we all like contribute different marketing tips to this one board um, and it's more smaller. So those can help. Another way is Tailwind communities. Um, so if you have Tailwind, which um, I recommend for scheduling out your content on Pinterest, they have this thing called Tailwind communities. Um, it's kind of like group boards, but a little bit more, I guess, modernized. Um, and those are pretty good too, if you find the right ones. That's like with everything, you have to like find the right ones. Yeah. And then in general, getting your content out there, it's about treating Pinterest um, not like a, a consumer. So a lot mm-hmm. of people get so confused and they want to pin a lot of other people's content. And the thing is when you're using it as a business, you want your content to be found. It's a little selfish, but that's okay because we're not on Instagram posting everybody else's content because it's our profile and it's about our content. And the same thing goes when you're using Pinterest as a business. Pinterest even um, says to pin more of your content when you're using it as a business because you want your content to be found, not other people's content. So it's really important to when you're utilizing it that you're pinning most of your content. Gotcha. Okay. And yeah, explain. I So back when I had the um, Pinterest strategist helping me at the time, um, we had like, I got a Tailwind subscription, like she suggested, and then she was u- like utilizing it on my behalf to get it up. So explain a little bit, like for an average person kind of using it, getting it started, what is like the suggested amount of time you either spend like per day or per week on getting fresh pins out there? Yeah. So it really depends on your niche. Um, that's like the hardest thing to always answer because mm. I'm like, I have one client I pin 10 times a day, another client I pin five times a day. Um, myself, I don't pin maybe like seven times a day. So it really depends on your niche and seeing how the audience reacts to your content um, and testing it out because 
I will tell anybody at least at minimum, at minimum five times a day, preferably 10 times um, starting out and kind of see how that feels. It doesn't have to be as much as it used to be. Um, like people used to pin 30 to 50 pins a day. Um, the fact that Pinterest has changed so much and they don't want you just pinning random stuff. Mm -hmm. It's much lesser than it used to be. Um, so you really have to just test out what's going to work for your business and it's going to take time. So it's not something that it's really quick because it's a search mm -hmm. engine. It takes time to optimize your pins. And so you have to be testing it out like every three to six months and not like you tested it out one week and you're like, this is not working. <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. well, it's not going to work that quick. You need to actually give it time to actually set and see if it's working or you need to um, tweak it and change it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And so a service like Tailwind, when you say pin 10 times a day, cause I'm sure people listening are like, I don't want to have to set a, like a timer so that I remember 10 times a day to go do this. It's like setting it up and auto scheduling it so that it's literally pinning the stuff without you having to be present. Right. Yeah. So I okay. batch my content. Um, and just so for clarification, also when you hear 10 pins a day, if you're thinking anything like Instagram or Facebook, you're like, oh my God, that's a lot, but it's not as serious as it sounds. Um, because when you're pinning to multiple boards and it's not as like, you're not just sitting there like having to pin 10 pieces of new content every every time you pin. So um, yeah, tell when I will maybe set up like 300 pins for the month and let it go. Gotcha. Okay. And could, since it, since it is about like repurposing and everything, I'm like, explain, like if you had a blog post, like you said, like how to get, you know, like you have a, a core piece of content. That's like the top five things to do to get started on Pinterest. You could make different covers, like the images that people see. Right. And then like, so you could have multiple visual pins that all lead back to the same content piece. Is that right? That is right. You want to be careful not to do like too much leading back mm -hmm. to the same piece of content. Um, Pinterest does want you to actually put new content on the platform. So, you know, try to actually create new pieces of content if you're using it organically. Um, so say for instance, if you're a podcaster, you probably have enough content if you're, you know, releasing an episode once a week to actually drive traffic to um, consistently. But if you only have like one piece of content, it might not work out as great because then you're going to only be creating, you know, you're going to just create new pin images for that same piece of content. But Pinterest is going to be like, you just driving traffic to the same <laughs> URL over and over and over again. And they're not going to, um, it's not going to rank as high as it can because it's going to start, they're not going to rank the other pins that you keep pinning. It's just going to be like, what was the first couple of pins you pinned to that? We're going to rank those, but the, all the rest of them might not get as seen as much as the other ones. So okay. you want to make sure you're creating enough content. Um, like obviously you don't have to do where it's like, do I have to come out of a blog post every day or something like that? It's really finding out what works for you and making the platform work for you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Cause it's, and I know it, you know, it changes just like any other platform, it evolves and everything over time. Yes, so definitely when it was last year around this time, it's completely different now. I mean, we're still like learning as it goes, which is fine because that's all platforms. Like you said, um, that's a part of 
their business and and as a marketer for them I just have to like kind of go with it mm-hmm. and it is uh, for me it's fun but to answer I know if I did answer the question you can create different pin images for more than um, for the same link because um, I usually create about 10 pin images for the same thing Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And when you, so then when you say like to go back to, um, you know, if something is pin worthy for somebody and even thinking of like optimizing it, so people find it, what is like your best practices for yourself or with your clients? Like, what are the things that you are being mindful of to ensure the highest rate of people clicking through and and pinning themselves? Yeah, so the first thing is, of course, um, doing your research on your audience. So people, a lot of times, they skip this step. And that's like one of my main things is is really researching what your audience is searching for and knowing their pain points. So like if you go into Pinterest, say, for instance, you're a financial um, podcaster and Mm -hmm. you're not going to really type in financial podcast. You're going to type in the different topics that you cover on your podcast, because Mm. those are the type of things that people might be searching for. So maybe like how to save money, how to, you know, get side hustles, how to um, build a emergency fund or something like that. Those might be things that they're actually typing because that's what other pain points. That's what they will be searching for solutions for. And then from there, you will see like the type of content that comes up. So you can kind of know what type of content might best fit in then once you do that, it's about doing, um, that's a part of this is also doing your keyword research. Mm-hmm. So keywording, because it is a search engine, you want to make sure you are keywording everything correctly so that it comes up in the right search engines. A lot of people get a little lazy on this part because it's not the sexy part, but it is a search engine. So you have to make sure you're doing as much keyword research as you can so that your content comes up in as many places as, as possible. And then once you do that, it's about creating the right pin images because it's visual platform. You want to make sure your actual content gets clicked on because if it's showing up in the search results and you're not getting clicks, that means something's wrong with your image, which is also why you should create more than one image for a piece of content because you don't know really what's going to resonate. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And so it's kind of like with the multiple images, I know, you know, let's say I'm, I find a recipe and I go to pin it. That's why like it's pulling in all of those various images from the one post. And then like, I can select my own as like my own visual reminder, right? Like that's sort of how, like, if you have multiple images in a post, it will, when somebody goes to repin it, it like kind of extrapolates all of them at once, right? Yeah. So you have to be careful if you are a blogger um, about that, because of course I know, especially food bloggers, you're very picky about what type of pins <laughs> that happens on the platform because they want their food to look in the best way, of course. So when people go to those sites and they're, you know, they just pin it, a lot of images do come up. I know a lot of us try to have it where it's only, I like, I will like restrict certain images from showing up in those um, the mm-hmm. options because I only want you to select certain pins to actually pin back mm-hmm. to Pinterest. Because for some reason, people will pin the, the craziest pin. It's like a pin about or a, a blog post about a recipe and then you selected a picture of me. Like, <laughs> like why? <laughs> to pin. Yeah. yeah. So make sure if you do have a bunch of images, um, there's different ways you can block out which ones you want pin and which ones you don't. 
Okay, cool. That's really good to know. I love that. Okay. So it's starting to all like kind of make sense and and come together, but I know that it's also a great tool for getting people onto your email list. So moving them from one platform that you don't own to a platform where like you do have more ownership control over there. So explain a bit about that. So if we have opt-ins, if we have, you know, content that we like freebies and things like that, what is the best way to kind of get that out there so that, you know, we're not like overpinning it or whatever, but we're still driving traffic to it? Yeah. So for me, if you have like a few opt-ins and of course always create organic pins for it, but if you have like a standard one, I think the best way is always using Pinterest ads because it, you can, you don't have to change anything. It's just going to drive traffic to that specific place and it's much quicker and it's going to optimize it quicker. And then the best way outside of that is that if you do drive people to other like blog posts or something like that, always have a call to action. Because Mm -hmm. if your main thing is to use Pinterest to grow your email list, then you want everywhere that they go, that they see the option to join my email list. There's a pop-up, anything like that, which is why it's really good driving traffic to your specific website. Because on your website, you can always invite them to join your email list, have a Mm pop-up. Um, just some call to action to get them to do that next step, as opposed to if you drive them to maybe somewhere else, you can't give them that call to action that you want. So that's one of the things. The second thing is if you do drive traffic to your opt-in pages, you need to make sure that it's optimized for cold traffic. So Pinterest traffic is very bouncy, meaning if you use Pinterest yourself, you know that you clicked on a pin, you've gone someplace, and you click back so quickly because mm-hmm. right away it does not tell you or it does not answer the question that you thought it was going to answer from the pin itself. Like if you was to go to something about Facebook marketing and then you see that it's not like the first thing you see is Instagram, you're like, oh no, I don't want this. I was like going for Facebook marketing. And then, you know, because you're on a search engine, you've seen a whole bunch of other pins about what you're looking for. So you can just easily go back and click on another pin. So on your your opt-in pages, you want to make sure right away your your headline is telling them what they're going to get, answering their question, just making it easy for them to have an easy yes to give you their email address. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, cool. And are there, um, you know, some, like, because the people who I work with, some of them are business owners that serve other entrepreneurs and, you know, they're, they have a B2B business. So maybe they do brand strategy or email marketing or things like that. But then I also work with people who have more B2C businesses. So like they might, um, be a mentor to nurses or, uh, might be a sleep coach. You know, they're, they're serving a consumer and not another entrepreneur. So do you find that like in either of those audiences, are there, like, if you're a B2B is it more kind of like you said earlier, earlier stage, like entrepreneurs, like who are searching on there? Because I would imagine if you're already like mid to high six figures and seven figures, like you're probably not searching on Pinterest for answers at that point. Right. Right. I would think that you might have somebody on your team searching, you know, somebody might you have a VA and they're searching for how to you know, do Pinterest marketing, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's like my easiest one, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, it depends on, I think, the entrepreneur. Are they in the place where they're still kind of DIY-ish? Or mm. are they at the place where they 
have a team where they just stick to their zone of genius. They're not in that stage of like kind of searching for something. Um, Because yeah, it does depend on, like I said, where they are in their journey. Because I know if I'm like a six or seven figure, I I don't know what I'd be on Pinterest searching for um, business-wise because I probably have like a high coach or something like that who can answer all my questions. Um, now, will I hand off something for somebody else to kind of need to find something on maybe? Gotcha. Okay. And I would imagine though, like, cause with some people it's, um, like you said, with those lower cost digital offers, if you have an offer like that and, you know, and you are a multiple six or, you know, seven figure business, but you have some or all like passive digital offers, then that could be a great place to like, maybe you have something that is more for beginners. Like if you're, if you're an email marketer and you do done for you email, but you have like a low cost guide on getting started with email marketing, you could always leverage Pinterest to, to get some passive revenue your way. Um, through the platform. Right. Yeah. You have to, you have to think through the customer journey because people can definitely be at different stages. Um, but also like your product journey, like if you have a low ticket product, usually you have a, you know, a next level product and mm-hmm. then a next level product. So you're getting people in at the entry point to nurture them to get to that high level point. Mm-hmm. So an example would be, um, I always use this story, but like I found my Pinterest mentor on Pinterest, <laughs> like, of course, and it was from her. I was a VA at, a VA at the time, and I was looking for like a Pinterest manager checklist or something like that. And she had one, got on her email list, was on her email list for a little bit, then joined her Facebook group, was there for a little while, um, really building that know, like, and trust from her. So when she brought up her, like her group coaching program, it was like a no brainer for me because- mm. By that time, maybe it had been like two, three months. Um, I was ready to make that investment because I had gotten to know her better. And it, but it all started from Pinterest. And you have to really think where are the different areas that your customer could be and where they have to start to kind of get to know you. Because most people are not going to make a big investment if they just came across you. Even if you are on Instagram or something like that, most of those people have been following you on Instagram for a while. So totally. it's good to know most people I know are most like even higher end coaches. They usually have like a starting point to kind of bring people in mm-hmm. so that they can start nurturing them. Yeah. I love that. And I imagine too, for B2C, like I have one client, I know that she, um, uses Pinterest a lot because she is B2C and she serves moms. And obviously a lot of moms are on Pinterest. And so it totally makes sense for her to be there And to have like, yeah, when people are searching for those things that are in her niche, like in her wheelhouse, then they would come across her pins and then learn about her podcast and her, you know, posts and her free other free content and and things like that. Right. Yeah. And it's different because like you said, business to business, obviously they're going to be looking for certain things, but even like those business owners, they can be moms. <laughs> like mm-hmm. So maybe they can come across something else that they're on Pinterest for, because it's not like just because you start making high end money, actually Pinterest is known for a lot of their users are make like over hundred K a year. Mm-hmm. So it's a place where people who we like to say have their credit card in hand are 
because they go there as a place to kind of like escape or to find inspiration for something. So maybe if it's not even the business side of things, maybe they see something else that you have if you are a business to consumer. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Because I feel like that is when I do go on it, it's more like it's like recipes, it's hair inspiration, like for my funky hair color. And then like, it'll just be like random for funsy stuff. And I've definitely found like Etsy shop owners where I'm like, Ooh, what's this? You know, like if I'm looking for like, I don't know, digital planner inspirations and it links me over to someone's Etsy shop. And I'm like, Oh, that I like the look of that, like purchase, you know? So (laughs) definitely. Um, I love it for buying things (laughs) and inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. And I, like, I imagine too, that because it is so visual, there's probably people listening who are like, I am not visually creative. So what is your suggestion for uh, like, obviously Canva now has templates for everything and you know, you can put stuff into your own brand colors and fonts and stuff, but do you have any suggestions for like how people could even get started with like just making that process easier? Yeah. Buy, buy your templates. (laughs) (laughs) Um, creative market and and Etsy, um, is actually where I bought templates from because I just, as much as I love creating things, um, my time is precious. (laughs) So it's like, if I can save time, I'm rather buy something for like nine to $20 for some templates, um, that I think are really nice. And then I just change them to my brand colors or you can easily tweak them because I'm not a huge fan of the Canva templates. Um, I feel like I have to tweak them more to make them kind of like what I want them to be. But if you are short on time, you're not that creative, definitely go on Creative Market, um, Etsy. There's probably a few others. I think Gumroad is another one. Um, And find you some templates. Definitely have templates because it makes it so much easier. Um, I'm a very simple person. So I like to use more simple templates because it makes it more easier when I'm creating the pins. Um, because I create about 40 to 50 pins a month. So I'm going to want to do it as quickly as possible. Yeah. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. No, nothing complicated, nothing that's going to take you hours and hours. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Well, thank you for that tip. That's super helpful. And I know that we're going to talk about ads, like using the ad feature on Pinterest, but I would love to know before we start talking about that. So you kind of just mentioned you were doing VA work. Like how did you get started? Like, what is your journey with, through all of this? Yeah. yeah. So I started as a, um, a general VA in May, 2019, I think May, June, 2019. Um, and, and I was in like a, a small course and they had the option of like one of the modules was about Pinterest management. And at the time I was like, people pay people to pin <laughs> like, like what? And I don't know why I, I thought it was like so crazy when really people pay people to post on Instagram for them or Facebook, like it's the same thing. But of course, like many people, I still saw Pinterest as like where I get my recipes and my um recipes that I do not make, by the way. <laughs> like, totally. Oh my gosh. That's me. <laughs> travel inspiration and all this, you know, fun, fun stuff, but I never really saw it as a search engine, but I know that I go there and type in stuff. Um, so I got my first client and she actually happened to be a blogger and an Instagram influencer. And she was like, Pinterest is like her number one, um, 
traffic generator and she does not like do anything really extra. She didn't even have like a Pinterest business account at the time. So that was like my like kind of way in. I took a, a Pinterest management course um, after I took the other course just to kind of learn about it a little bit more. And it's, that's how it kind of happened. <laughs> like, and then last year I did, like I said, invested in um, a Pinterest mentor. So that was really, really helpful to, you know, really grow as a Pinterest expert. I love that. That's so, it's so cool. And yeah, I, I think it's like in the modern world, it's so wild what you can do as a job now, like all these things that were just, you could not, I mean, imagine like in high school and career day being like, you're going to sit at home with a laptop putting digital pins on a website and people will pay you. You'd be like, I, this is a lie. And I do not believe you. <laughs> oh my God. I tell people that all the time. I'm like, that's why I hate the question. Like, where do you see yourself in five years? Cause I'm like, listen, five years ago, I was not here. And five years before that, I was not where I was. So I don't know <laughs> like, because I don't know what the world is going to be because I graduated high school in 2020 in 2005. <laughs> I'm like, we're not graduate. And even I graduated college in 2010. And at that point I was still going to do corporate America. Mm -hmm. You know, things were just becoming big. No one thought Facebook or Instagram was going to become what it is. No one thought, you know, people looked at people crazy for being YouTube famous. And now yeah. these people who are like eight-year-olds making millions of dollars from playing games. Like who would have thought, you know, I can imagine being a mom who told my child to turn off the game and turn off the video. And then I see this other child and I'm like, that could have been my child. <laughs> like, oh yes. You no, know, we have like kind of no limit to what people can do, which I think is amazing. Um but it's always kind of fun still explaining to people. I don't even try. I just feel like I'm a digital marketer because yeah. then they're like, what? <laughs> like, like, yeah, people like I, I or I'm like, I teach Pinterest and they're like, what do you teach about it? I'm like, it's, it's, it's more to it than that. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. I know. I, I, uh, not to go too off tangent, but like I, same thing. And in 2016, I didn't even know that a business coach or strategist, or like, I literally didn't know it was a thing. And even now I I'm fairly certain my parents don't a hundred percent fully grasp what it is. I actually do. <laughs> That's how I feel about my friends. Like I, they know <laughs> that I have my own business. They know what I do, but I still don't think they understand how big the online space is. Um, when I try to explain it to them, because like they're hearing me say something like, oh, yeah, my coach made like 400,000 in a year. And they'd be like, you sure she's not like scamming? No, <laughs> this, this is this is real. Like people really pay her um, to do like launches and stuff like that. And it's like, you're like, what is a launch? Yeah, it's a lot. It's because a whole got, other. Yeah. As a VA, I was just I just wanted to become a VA because I used to live abroad in South Korea. And when I moved back, I'm like, I don't want to do the corporate America thing anymore. I kind of want to travel, which did not happen because of COVID. But <laughs> like, um, and I was like, well, I'll just become a VA and I can just, you know, work from anywhere. And then I got open to this whole world. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this is like crazy because I did not see this <laughs> at all. Yeah. I know it's so, it's so wild. And I love that you said, you don't know where you'll be in five years. Cause I, I feel the same. I'm like, this world moves so fast now. It's just, it's wild, but cool. Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for explaining all that. So, and I know, you know, the, 
I definitely want to make sure that you explain the ads portion of it because, and, and you can, you know, fully explain it way better than I can, but my understanding of it is that like when people think ads and they think Facebook ads, it's like, oof, I got to spend a lot of money and that's really complicated. But my understanding is that Pinterest ads are like cheap, cheap, cheap. And like compared to Facebook, but they're really powerful. So yeah. So now like, okay, you got your pins, like you've got your stuff, you got it all set up. So talk about like the monetization process now. Yeah. So what I love about Pinterest ads is that it definitely can be cheaper. I like to say that you don't have to give Zuckerberg all your money. Um, <laughs> Pinterest is here. <laughs> like, so it, I, and I can't say, I don't really know Facebook ads like that. If I actually want to learn them for my own stuff to use both of them, because I do know that they both work well together um, mm-hmm. because you can retarget people from both ends. If you have both the Facebook mm-hmm. pixel and the Pinterest tag, which is just a pixel on your website, then you can kind of cross um, retarget people. But what I love the most is that it's just, it's more simple from what I hear. And like you said, it it is cheaper. So for example, I have a client right now and on average, we are at 86 cents per email signup. So that's pretty, pretty good um, to have an email signup where it's less than a dollar. And she loves it. And she does both Facebook and Pinterest as, as well. So we are getting a really good um, return on that part of the investment because it's she's getting her, her goal is email signups. So it really depends. What I think is one of the things I like to say about Pinterest ads is that they're going to be different from Facebook. Like the audience is different. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have like something that's doing really well on Facebook, you might have to restructure your like, you know, your sequence or your funnel for Pinterest, because once again, the traffic can be different. It's, it's you know, the way that we target people is different on Pinterest than, than you do on Facebook. So you have to be open to being ready to change things up. Maybe you have to change up your landing page. Maybe you have to change up what's on your thank you page or your tripwire to make it make sense for Pinterest. Um, and of course, always making sure that it, it is for cold traffic. Um, but it's not something that I, I say it doesn't take that much money, um, but it does take still take money to actually see a return on your investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not like five bucks and then you're going to get a million people on your list, yeah. but <laughs> yeah, I definitely recommend um, like for my clients, it's a $20 minimum ad spend um, per day. So it's like $600 minimum per month. And that's because you want to have enough money so that Pinterest can actually optimize your pins to start really producing the results that you want. And with ads with any platform, you know, you have to be okay with spending money in order to make money. Mm-hmm. And that's like the struggle a lot of people have with using any type of paid marketing um, because it's like, it's scary, but mm-hmm. people don't use paid ads because it's not scary. <laughs> it's just, you have to, it's kind of the risk that you take as a business um, across all platforms. But I do think Pinterest is definitely a place for most people to really try out and see if it's going to work for their business. Um, because it is a lot of opportunity there and it's a lot of like, or less competition there than the other platforms. Gotcha. That makes, yeah, that, that totally makes sense. And I think too, and maybe this is not accurate anymore, but I've heard that also like 
I know now, especially on Facebook, it's maybe a little less on Instagram, but on Facebook, like it's fairly easy to tell what is a sponsored ad versus like organic content from your friends. But isn't it true on Pinterest that the sponsored content, it looks more seamless. Like it, it kind of fits the organic like look more so than like on a Facebook, uh, ad. Yeah, definitely. That's one of my favorite things because it, I would say it, you know, on Facebook, you're just scrolling your, your, your Facebook for whatever reason, you're not really there to like go off the platform and buy something on Mm -hmm. Pinterest. You're there kind of to go off the platform and go to something and a promoted pin is what they're actually called. Um, but promoted pin Pinterest ads, we use them interchangeably. Um, they, you don't even notice it's promoted into the bottom of the pin. Um, so if you're scrolling, it just looks like a normal pin and then at the bottom, it'll say like promote it or, um, promote it. Yeah. I think it just say promote it. <laughs> I'm like, what does it say? Um, so it says promote it right under it, but it usually, if they have keyworded correctly, it's probably going to show up in a normal search that you've been searching for because it's going to show up in that keyword. So it's not going to be too out of like, oh my God, what is this like jarring thing that's here? Sometimes it does happen, but not all the time or as much as when you're on Facebook, there's just like this random ad that pops up that never leaves you alone. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, the retar- it's good to have good retargeting um, for sure. But some people do not target really, really well or target really well. You'd be like, why are you targeting me for this? But yeah, it definitely is more seamless. It shows up more natural. And the best part about Pinterest ads is that it really helps with your organic traffic as well, because you have to think that a Pinterest ad is on the platform. So if someone mm-hmm. is sharing that, that, that pin to their own audience, to their boards, it's going to get more organic traffic as well and not just the promoted traffic. Oh, okay. Okay. That's interesting. Because, you know, once you turn off a Facebook ad, that's it. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even realize that. I just assumed it would kind of like vanish or something, but, um, like it's not going to get as much, like I would say impressions or link clicks Mm -hmm. as it's going to get when it's being promoted. But because if you run, run something for, you know, a month or two months, now it's had the chance to get shared and saved by many, you know, multiple people across the platform. So now it's going to actually be optimized more because people have been saving it more. So Pinterest can actually say, okay, we are indexing this the right way. So it helps with your organic reach for that pin as well. Oh, that's cool. That is really cool. Well, thank you. Oh my gosh. That's so helpful. And I feel like just from talking this out, it feels less scary. Cause it's, you know, it's sort of like with anything, when you don't know, it feels really daunting and hard, but yeah, I already feel like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, I guess that would not be so like difficult or challenging, especially repurposing the content that we're already putting out. Cause I know for so many of us, like we really are putting out more content than we even, I think, give ourselves credit for. And so you might as well get a little bit more traction with that where we can. So yeah, it's, okay. I always say start out slow, you know, don't feel like you have to, I guess, do the most right off the bat. Um, if you don't feel like you have the time, but start off slow, see what you can do, because it's amazing as a top of funnel platform. So if, if you don't know what that is, anyone listening, it just means it's a really good entry point for someone to find you and be introduced to you. And that's what most people want as businesses is for people to actually find them new people to find them and not 
that's what Pinterest is great for. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. So I know I'm going to have in the show notes and, you know, in, in the intro, I said where people can find you, but where do you want people to go next to say hi to you? And also how do you work with people? Yeah. So my favorite place to hang out with is actually Instagram. (laughs) It's not not an engagement platform really. Um, So I like to have my fun shenanigans on Instagram. So you can find me there and I'm pretty sure I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. And my favorite way to work with people, I have two signature offers. So of course, Pinterest ads is one of them. And then my other way is my Pinterest VIB day. The B is for badass. So it's not a typo when people hear, they're like, do you mean P? No, I mean B. (laughs) And it's really about, it's what I call my Pinterest starter kit. So it's really to help you learn how to really prepare to be on Pinterest so that you can know the how around how to convert people on and off the platform. Because like I said, many people focus on strategy on like, how many times to pin, how often to pin, you know, if you should have followers, unfollowers, but I focus on what you need to be doing off the platform to actually convert pinners for hopefully profit. Yeah. I love that because yeah, it's, it's sort of like, I get, you know, when it's a, a food blogger is like, they just want people to land on their thing so that they can get that passive ad revenue from people scrolling through. Yeah. But when it's a business like mine or yours, or like my audience, they really want to like, they're not getting passive Google ad revenue, whatever, like they want the new potential client. They want the warm lead and, and all of that. Right. So, it's yeah. really important to understand what you need to do to actually be ready for Pinterest traffic, or if you're already using it and it's not converting, because most people can get the traffic. Even if you use Pinterest ads, you can get the traffic. But if your traffic isn't converting, then it's the back end of you. You know, it's your landing page, it's your email sequence, it's you're not putting the right call to action. So, I really like to really get dig deep into that to help you actually convert the pinners. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. And I will say too, like you have, you have great teaching content on your Instagram as well. So people can learn a lot, even just from following your Instagram. So yeah, definitely. If you, if this like piqued your interest about Pinterest, go ahead and follow precious and check her out and learn from her because it's just, I I feel like you make it feel so less terrifying and and daunting and confusing. So I really appreciate your time. I always love to hear that. I always be like, am I making this easy? Because I like to make things easy because I like easy. So yes, thank you for having me. It's been so much fun. Yeah, I, I like easy too. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you again so, so much. And everybody definitely go check her out. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap on this week's episode, but before we head to the outro, I just wanted to remind you once again that enrollment is now open for my Rebellious Success group coaching program. We start March 1st, so do not delay, especially because spaces are limited. Head on over to rebellious-success.com to learn more and to apply. And if you have any questions, just send me an email through my website at ericatebbins.com or over on Instagram at ericatebbinsconsulting. Can't wait to have you. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Sell It Sister podcast. If you loved it and you want more, be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. 
and then head on over to sellitsisterhood.com to join my free Facebook community group. And as your mama said, sharing is caring. So if you got a lot of value out of this episode, be sure to share it with your biz besties too, okay? Now get out there and sell it, sister.